What's happening, everybody? Hope you're all having a great day. Welcome back to Blake's Take. We're going to get into NBA once again today, starting it off with the incredible all-star draft last night, the always anticipated with the players and the captains drafting the four all other players in the league, this time it being KD and LeBron as the captains, while the past two years it was LeBron James couldn't have Giannis Antetokounmpo on his team because of him being the other captain and him having to draft a squad of his own. But this year, Kevin Durant got that title, and James was able to draft the two-time reigning most valuable player and defensive player of the year in Giannis Antetokounmpo on Thursday's All-Star Draft on NBA TNT. I was just trying to pick up players that can complement one another, James said, before taking Antetokounmpo to begin the draft. When asked why he was one of the first three times he had been captain, we're out of the... We're out on the floor just trying to play the game the right way. It's an all-star game. So it's going to be some shenanigans out there. But for the majority of the game, we just try and play the right way and try to get the win. Ultimately, James went with Antetokounmpo, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic to start alongside him on Sunday night. Durant's starting group will be Brooklyn Nets teammate in Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Ir- Ka- Kawhi Leonard, and St. Louis natives and close friends Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum, who is going to take on Katie's role. In the reserve round, Durant's first pick was his other teammate in James Harden, followed by Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, Zach Levine, Julius Rando, Nikola Vukovic, and Donovan Mitchell. James, meanwhile, took Damian Lillard first overall. Awesome for Dame to get picked by LeBron. Two goats. Ben Simmons, Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Sabonis, and Rudy Gobert in the unfortunate last pick. We'll get into later about what the humor was with that. Team Durant has the edge in points, and Team LeBron has the edge in assists and field goal percentage, as well as dunks. Collectively, Team LeBron has won eight MVPs, four from James, two from Curry, and two from Antetokounmpo. With Durant out, and Harden is the only player on the other team, and on Durant's team, with an MVP award. The Greek Freak hasn't played with James since his first All-Star game, which was four years ago. He said that after the Bucks win over the Grizzlies on Thursday night, that James makes it for an easy teammate. He just makes plays. Most of the time, you're just wide open, and I've never been used to that with somebody else creating attention and me being wide open all the time, Antetokounmpo said. So I just got to do my job and make the right play to do what I have to do to win. Just play hard and hope that I can help them get the win. That's the starting five. Yeah, it's over, guys, he said. Me, LeBron, Luka, Jokic, and Steph. Man, that's a good starting five. So yeah, with my pick for this year's All-Star Draft winner, I'm going to go with Team LeBron because that starting five is just the greatest in history. It's unstoppable. But I'm going to go with KD as the reserve winner. I'm going to go with LeBron as the starting winner and KD as the reserve winner. And uh, here's why. LeBron's starting five is most likely one of the greatest All-Star game drafts. Or, I mean, they used to not draft. But All-Star game starting five put together I have ever seen. These are going to be all-time greats. And it's just going to be crazy to watch. While KD got the edge in these solid reserves, getting James Harden, the former MVP, D-Book, incredible player, and future rising star Zion Williamson. I know that LeBron got Dane, but I'd say that that it, in the sense of getting a better draft pick as the reserves, I would say KD did better in that sense. 
But ultimately, overall, and when taking into consideration all the players, I'm going to have to go with Team LeBron as my pick. Because that starting five is just too lethal. It's unstoppable. Luka, Steph, LeBron as your backcourt. And then you have Giannis and Jokic as your frontcourt. That is like unstoppable. It's just not even fair at that point. It's just, that is ridiculous, that starting five. I just can't wait to see what they're going to do together and how they're going to interact with one another. Now on to the Wild Bucks-Grizzlies game that I was referring to earlier, where a pestering Milwaukee Bucks defense caused shooting problems for Memphis in the first quarter as the Grizzlies stayed at below 25% on the floor. At 15-point Bucks lead in the first quarter, which was extended to 18 in the second quarter. Memphis was able to pick up in the shooting space with Valanciunas and Morant bringing enough uh, to a single-digit lead before halftime in 61-51. John Morant then went off for 16 in the third quarter on a key Memphis run that tied things up 84-piece, putting Memphis back into the game. Now down to just 90 seconds we go. Bucks are down three with Chris Middleton having the, to hug the ball and drive to the rack for the two. Followed by a Giannis dime to Pat Connerton who hit the Bucks' first three of the second half giving them the one point lead late. Then what seemed to be that an outstanding block by Giannis turned out to be goaltending which was a very controversial call because I thought it was a shame because that was an amazing swap by Giannis. That should have been a highlight tape top 10 and not a goal 10. Middleton went on to get fouled and hit two free throws, but then the ball was back in John Morant's hands, swooping in the lane for the contested layup with just second, seven seconds left, but the Bucks got the quick inbound to Drew Holiday who drove down the court and stepped back, hitting the dagger for the win. Bucks now snapped their three-game road skid, winning six of their last seven, going into the All-Star break. It was an incredible win for Bucks in their crazy sequence of events. So the great win for the Bucks going to the All-Star break on a happy note. Now we're on to Clippers versus Wizards, battle of the two teams who have back-to-back losses and trying to fight for a positive note going into the All-Star break. In the first half, it was all Kawhi getting to the rack, hitting jumpers, and getting his teammates involved, especially in Avachi Zubats, who finished with a double-digit double-double off the bench with 13 points and 13 rebounds, helping the Clippers to a 7-point lead at the break. The Clippers went from leading, though, at 61-45 to with 128 left in, this, in the half to trailing 66-63 to with 8-14 remaining in the third with Russell Westbrook hitting some key shots and his playmaking skills taking over to get his team back in the game. Down to the fourth quarter where we have the Clippers who led by 106-102 to with just under a minute to go, where the Wizards would go on an 11-0 run in which Darvis Bertans, Davis Bertans and Wagner made back-to-back three-pointers, Beal made a foul line jumper, and Bertans added two more free throws to his point total and to push to that 11-0 illustrious run. The Clippers then went on to a 9-4 run of their own, capped off by an insane Kawhi Leonard clutch three with 15 seconds left to put the game within one. And then after a series of fouls, Westbrook ultimately got the key rebound tip 
to Bradley Beal to seal the deal running around the court for the Wizards in this one. Wizards get the 119 to 117 victory, going into the All Star break with a dub under their belt, while the Clippers extend their losing streak to three games, and I'll have to swallow that tough pill down through the All Star break. Now onto the NFL, we have Ben Roethlisberger, who is officially back with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the 2021 NFL season. Well anticipated by the organization, the Steelers did not disclose the terms of the contract, but Adam Schefter reported that it is supposed to be around $14 million, which is reduced from the $19 million that was expected in his final year to spread the cash payment through 2022. The move lowers the team's salary cap hit, which was their biggest concern, to now to only $15 million as opposed to forty. It is my greatest honor to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and give all my all, give my all for this organization, Roethlisberger said in a statement issued by the team. I am grateful to be at this stage of my career and more, hap- more than happy to adjust to my contract in a way that best helps the team address other players who are so vital to our success. I love the game and love to compete, and I believe in the team and my ability to deliver when called upon. It all starts with great preparation, and I am ready to go. Roethlisberger was previously under contract for the 2021 season, although the team made it clear he could not return with the $41.2 million original cap hit, which obviously got reduced to 15, more than 50% less. We are excited we were able to come into an agreement with Ben Roethlisberger on a new contract for him in his return to the Steelers for a final year in 2021, General Manager Kevin Colbert said in a statement. We know that Ben can still play at a high level and do special things for this team. Our goal remains the same, to put together a roster that will compete for another championship. We are happy that Ben will become one of our leaders to help us accomplish that goal. With Roethlisberger's deal, the Steelers are now close to cap compliant for the start of the start of the league year on March 17th. Although Big Ben restructured contract reduces his cap hit, the team still faces a difficult task in re-signing stars in Juju Smith and linebacker Bud Dupree. But I think it's gonna be work, all get worked out because that is a huge cap hit that was reduced over 50% from 40 point whatever million to 15 million. <clears throat> Excuse me. So great to see Big Ben being the bigger man and showing his desire and care for the future of the Steelers organization. As far as MLB, center, field, center fielder Jackie Bradley Jr. plans to sign a two-year contract worth $24 million with the Milwaukee Brewers that includes an opt-out of the first year. Bradley spent all eight seasons of his previous MLB career with the Boston Red Sox, joining the organization in 2011 after he was drafted 40th overall. Bradley batted 283 with 7 home runs, 22 RBIs, 5 stolen bases, and 814 OPS, and a career-low strikeout rate in 22.1% in the 55 games he played in 2020. He has some power in the bat in the 2018 American League Championship Series against Houston when Bradley had two home runs and a grand slam, helping him earn MVP honors for that series, and it ultimately led to their World Series win. But this Tennessee proved to be uh, too much that has led to the mediocre batting averages. He has a career uh, 239 hitter with 98 home runs, 376 RBIs, and a 732 OPS. He was an all-star in 2016. The Brewers already added former St. Louis Cardinals second baseman Colton Wong, a Gold Glove winner each of the past two seasons. The Brewers also already have 2019 Gold Glove center fielder Lorenzo Cain, 
who opted out after f- playing five season five games last season, but is back in spring training camp now. Christian Yelich, the 2018 NL MVP, is set in left field. Since the NL is expected to go without designated hitter this season, the Brewers would seem to have a surplus of outfielders, which is that they need to get rid of in the next few weeks. Of course, at the minor level, uh, outfielders that they need to get rid of. This move leaves the Red Sox without any of the starting outfielders from their 2018 World Series team. They traded Mookie Betts, of course, to the Dodgers, and then they traded Andrew Benintendi to the Kansas City Royals, and of course now Bradley to the Brewers. The Brewers are chasing their fourth consecutive playoff worth this season. They made the playoffs last year with a 29-31 and record, despite never being above 500 all year. Though they lost their eventual World Series champion, Los Angeles Dodgers, in the opening round. So this trade was a little perplexing when I saw it at first. With the Brewers now overloading on outfielders and Golden Glove winners, which is not always a bad thing, but they definitely have to get rid of some younger players. And in my opinion, this was more of just a trade for the Red Sox to completely take that next step in the ultimate total rebuild of this team because the obviously the so many pieces have left. Pitchers have gone outfielders have gone, infielders have gone, incredible hitters have gone. It's just a complete and utter new decade of rebuilding rebuilding for the Red Sox, and I just hope that they will be able to continue their success soon and on into the future in their rebuilding process, and I hope that this actually helps the Brewers continue their success at the level of trying to make a deeper run into the playoffs this year and have a better overall regular regular season record. As far as local sports, the Philomath Warriors are set to take on Glide at Cottage Grove High School at 2 o'clock. The Warriors have an incredible uh, offensive run game with the two seniors in Isaiah Blackburn and Chase Beardsley, both showing a strong, promising run game in the sense of getting to pounding the ball and trying to get each increment for, for first downs and drives and setting up the pass game, which is up in the air right now with starting quarterback Caleb Jensen just coming off of pro- COVID protocol returning to practice yesterday. As far as defense, it is looking promising as well with the two seniors and Chase Beardsley and LeBron and Chase Beardsley and Isaiah Blackburn, not LeBron James leading the way in the linebacker core, while Jacob Williams returns to his safety spot and Carson Girding in the secondary, both being key parts to that secondary, as well as Blaine Guzman and Alec Russell being key pieces and working around the field, covering the deep passes and getting up trying to get some turnovers. So defense is looking really great for the Warriors right now. Run game is looking solid with the two incredibly built, incredible uh, runners and agile runners and Chase Beardsley and Isaiah Blackburn. I believe they are going to be very successful. My only concern is with the pass game. Just with the lack of knowledge by a ton of players right now, I just don't know how the pass game is going to turn out. But it could turn out promising. Reps have been done by several different quarterbacks. And if one quarterback turns out to be better than another, if Chase takes over for uh, Caleb in the game. It could be just how it goes with the knowledge of the plays and just getting the reps down because it is a huge impact with uh, starting QB1 being gone for a couple weeks. It doesn't just take a light toll on the team. 
So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you all enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed the local sports with Isaiah, Chase, and other contributors with hoping that they will pull out the win this weekend at Glide at Cottage Grove against Glide at Cottage Grove. Hope you enjoyed all the all-star draft news. That was funny to talk about and all the players that are in the incredible matchups that we're going to have. Incredible starting five that are going to be able to play together and the rebuilding situation with the MLB. Hopefully that gets worked out. And I hope you all enjoyed. You can tune in to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. And I hope you all have a great rest of your night. Uh, I'll catch you all in the next one.